You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up? This is Hawk Talk Preview Edition Wild Card Playoffs, baby. Let's get it. The Seahawks take on the Rams for the third time this season, but this time it is win or go home. Before we get into the specifics, here is NASA Chobi with injury updates. Thanks, Bumble. Definitely some things we'll be watching very closely this week. The big one starts with safety Jamal Adams. Last Sunday, he left with a shoulder injury and looked pretty disappointed on the sideline. Here's what head coach Pete Carroll had to say regarding his status for Saturday. Well, he's going to he's gonna work through the week and see what he can get done and see if he's okay. We'll have to wait all the way up to game day um, to figure that out. Jaron Reed was also banged up dealing with a core injury that he suffered on Sunday. Um, he, he has a, an oblique strain is what he has, and I think it came out, it was written something else. But, um, you know, we're going to be real, you know, real careful with him during the week and see how he goes day to day. He's much better than he was on the weekend, so uh, there's cause for, you know, optimism there. And on the positive side, the Seahawks activated Brandon Shell from the COVID list, and Mike Upati should be back in the lineup on Saturday. And finally, for the first time all year, Daryl Taylor made it back to practice with his teammates. Joe, you didn't ask your question, man. Come on. Come on. You want me to ask about Daryl Taylor? Yes. Yes. He's, pra- Taylor? he's practicing today. Okay, see you later. All right, you're out of here. All right, before we get going here, make sure to stay current with all the happenings in the Pacific Northwest at MyNorthwest.com, your source for local news, in-depth analysis, weather, and traffic, and stay connected to all your favorite sports teams at 710sports.com with in-depth Seahawks coverage all season long. Bump, you mentioned it's playoff time, win or go home, wild card playoffs. The Rams are up next. The Los Angeles Rams are next. They are 10 and 6, or were 10 and 6 in the regular season, finished second in the NFC West. I feel like we just did this, Nas. What was it, a couple weeks ago? We talked about these guys. Now they are back. Round three. They've beaten some good teams. They lost to some sorry teams. They lost to the Jets, but then they beat teams like uh who they beat that's good. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just they're a team that is inconsistent, but you see the potential in them. Like, yeah, they could be good offensively. We know who they are defensively. And uh, last week they beat the Cardinals 18 to seven and clinched the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs. The thing that tricked me out with that game, that defense scored nine points. The yeah. defense scored nine points. They had a safety and a pick six that went for 84 yards. They're playing with a backup quarterback in Wolford, a guy from Wake Forest who hadn't seen the field first time playing in the NFL. Uh, got off to a, a rocky start through an interception, but he seemed to settle down as the game went along. I like that this guy, is uh, he's a competitor. You see it in him. He wants to play. He wants to be out there. But end of the day, you're a backup for a reason, man. All right, he was 22 of 38, 231 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, but he can run the rock. He has six carries for 56 yards. He's not bad, Nas, but he's not good enough to beat the Seattle Seahawks if he does play. Yeah, no question about it. I think I watched him, and the thing that jumped out at me at film is you mentioned his rushing yards. Is he he has scrambling ability. He has big playability. There's three different times on third downs where he used his legs to pick up first downs. And you mentioned it. He wasn't shook. He wasn't rattled. He looked like he should belong, um, even though he looks like a really young kid. He looked like he could be Sean McVay's younger brother out there. But, uh, no, he – 
he looked good. he looked solid in his first NFL start. I mean, I think it's pretty crazy the journey he's been on to get where he got. Um, so yeah, I think he's a solid quarterback. He's not going to go out there and throw seventeen picks. Um, is he good enough to beat the Seahawks defense the way they're playing? I don't think so. I mean, I think the way Sean McVay's going to call games is you know he's going to be out there not to win the game. They got that good defense, man. So he, he kind of a game manager role, and he's backed by elite defense. And you mentioned it; those Ram defense, man, nine points. They were all over Arizona. I mean, Arizona got shut out for the last 55 minutes of the game. They only held the 214 yards. But as well as that defense played, I think it's really important to mention Kyler Murray barely played in that game. Yes, Kyler barely played. He had like a, a leg or ankle injury. He came in late in the game to try to save the game, but we all know how that goes. You got to stay in the rhythm. He was not in a rhythm. Now, this Rams defense, all right, held teams to 18.5 points per game and 281 yards per game. We said it before. They got some guys on that side of the football who can get it done. That is the strength of their team. This is the best defense in the league. Now, they held the rookie um, for Arizona who started Chris Streveler to 11 of 16, 105 yards, one touchdown, one pick. And then after the game, Aaron Donald was talking. He he wants the rematch, Mm -hmm. and he's a competitor. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate that about him. Uh, He better hope that Jared Goff is playing. I know, I know that the like I said, the Hawks ain't gonna talk that 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 noise. So I'm gonna talk it for him a bit. They better hope that Jared Goff is playing because I feel like this team is in a good spot. All right, let's look at the head to head. Offensively, the Rams are 11th overall, 10th in rush offense, 13th when it comes to throwing the rock, and 23rd when it comes to putting up points. The Seahawks, on the other hand, 17th overall. Isn't that crazy the way this season started? Now they're down to 17th overall offense. 12th when it comes around the rock, 16 when when throwing it, and eight points per game, averaging 28.7. This doesn't feel like a 17th ranked offense just because of what they've done in the past. The last few weeks, you can say, oh, they haven't put up a lot of points. I get it, but I feel like they're ready to go. They got that, what do you call that, kinetic energy, potential energy. Mm-hmm. It's right there, right? They are ready to go, and I think this is the week where they get back on track. No, they got the juice, and you're right. When I was putting this together, I was like, that's not right. We're not 17th in the NFL. I mean, for the first six, seven, eight weeks of the year, we were looking at we're number one, maybe we're two, maybe we're three, kind of fluctuation. But, you know, we haven't scored a lot of points and gained a lot of yards the last, you know, over the month of the season with the exception of that Jets game. Yeah, so 17th is shocking to look at, but we're this offense is so much better than 17. I mean, it's with the weapons the Seahawks have between Russ and DK and Tyler and Carson and hopefully a healthy offensive line. I think, I think this defense or, excuse me, this offense is built for the playoffs. I think – what the good thing that they've shown this year is they can win any type of way. They can win in a shootout. They can win when their defense can't get a stop and they got to score 40 points. They can win when it's a close scoring game and they got to win late. They can win shootouts in between. So I'm encouraged by that. Um, despite um, how they looked at times against the Niners uh, last week when it, when it was winning time, just like they did against the Rams, they're good in the fourth quarter. So I feel much better about this offense than the statistics show. Same thing about the defense. And honestly, for the Seahawks defense, we finished the year at 22nd in total defense, which honestly is amazing considering wow. where they started. They, were, they weren't only 32nd in like week six or seven. They were 32nd by a large margin, a large. So the fact that they climbed up to 22, uh, rush defense has been good all year, number five. Pass defense never quite recovered from that. They're still 31st. Points allowed per game, which was great. They jumped to them halfway through the league, essentially 15 at 23 points per game and the turnover differential. It's lower than 
Pete Carroll would like, considering this program is all about the football. They had a, kind of a, a stretch in there where they weren't turning the ball over as much, and the offense had a lot of turnovers. But they're still plus four. The Rams, on the other hand, are minus three. So statistically, it looks like the Rams got the edge, but we know how these two teams played last time. We know what the season's really played out like, so I like where the Seahawks are at. I like where they're at. I'm going to talk that talk, but it's going to be a battle. We know how the, the games go with the Rams. I don't care who they have, that quarterback. They could have Cooper Cup going back to his high school days when he had the, 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 the Cooper Cup package back in Yakima when he was playing varsity football. They always find a way to make it interesting, so I think it will be interesting. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish, and this defense has finished on a high note. Let's get this offense going now. Let's learn about these teams' history. Know your history. Well, you guys should be pretty familiar with the history considering we've gone at it. It's the third time we've kind of revisited, so I'll go through <laughs> it pretty quick. Seahawks lead the all-time series 25-20. to Sean McVay is 5-3 and three against Pete Carroll and has won five of the last seven games. But the last one, most importantly, was the Seahawks winning to clinch the NFC West just two weeks ago, beating the Rams at Lumen Field 20-9. Quick refresher on that game. The Rams scored nine points. Jared Goff did what he thought he would. He turned the ball over, an inexplicable pass to Really, only to Condre Diggs, the only person who could have caught that one. He threw for 234 yards, didn't throw a touchdown, injured his thumb, uh, dislocated it. Props to him. He popped that thing back in, finished the game. Um, obviously, he had to have surgery to kind of stabilize that that thumb. But in my opinion, Bump, that was the Seahawks' best win in 2020. It was the most important game. They had to win in all three phases, and then that's exactly what they did. That's what they did, and Hollister got to, to cap it off with a touchdown to seal the deal. We remember last year, he came up just a, a little bit short of winning the NFC West for the Seattle Seahawks. It's just time to go, man. Love the matchup. I think it's going to be good. Aaron Donald's going to be healthy. Leonard Floor is ready. Jalen Ramsey is ready. But we got some guys, too. Um, our offensive line is going to get healthy. It sounds like Shell might be ready to go, so we'll have the band. will be back together. It's just time to go. What's the word in the West? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? I'll tell you what the word of the West is. Champs are here. NFC West champs are here. Wild card round. It's time to go. Hawks finished the season at 12 and 4. Rams behind them at 10 and 6. The Cardinals are 8 and 8. And the San Francisco 49ers get out of this thing in 6 and 10, which is that 6 and 10 is kind of impressive, Nas. I know it, it didn't end the way they wanted to. I know. The Hawks is despised the 49ers, but they went through a lot of stuff. And if they were in the NFC East, they might have a chance to make the playoffs at 6-10. But this is the West. This is not the East. That ain't going to be enough to get it done. The Hawks win the West for the first time since 2016. It feels it feels like it's been a while. In 2016, and a lot was like three seasons ago. But the way things are done out here in Seattle, you're used to getting, what, every other year maybe you win a division? Yeah, no, I mean, for me personally, 2016 feels like forever ago because uh, the following season after that, we missed the playoffs for the only time in Russell Wilson's tenure. 2018, we lose to Dallas. Actually, that was two years ago today, bump, uh, in the wild card playoffs. And then the following, and then last year, you beat Philadelphia and you lose a heartbreaker to Green Bay in the divisional round. So it's it's good, for one, to win the NEC West title again because that's what the, these guys talk about from the beginning of the year is own the West and it starts there. So it's great to check that off and, and, play, and get a home playoff game. Yeah, there's no fans there, but no travel. Get to sleep in your own bed or sleep in the hotel that you you always go to the night before games and stuff like that. So from a comfortability standpoint, that's great. And 
it keeps you it gives you a sliver of hope that if you keep winning and maybe Green Bay or New Orleans gets upset that maybe you host a game further down the road but right now we'll talk about this wild card stuff and and just kind of recap what happened in the division this year right so like the Rams they're back in the playoffs after missing the playoffs last year Sean McVay's led them in the playoffs three of his four seasons in LA Cardinals missed the playoffs for the fifth consecutive season so yeah. And obviously, you mentioned the Niners. Um, they had a truly awful year when it comes to injuries. I mean, absolutely decimated uh, after going to the Super Bowl last season. The bump, here's the lesson. Here is Learn the me. lesson. If you have not been paying attention to us all season, here's the lesson. It's hard to win in the National Football League, so do not take the Seahawks' success for granted. The Seahawks have been in the postseason nine of 11 years under Pete Carroll. Of those nine postseason years, the Seahawks have won at least one game in seven of those seasons, Okay. Every other team in the NFC West has had at least four 10-loss seasons in that, stand, in that span, okay? The Seahawks have just been consistent. Every other team in the NFC West has been really bad, good, then really bad again in that same span. The Seahawks have been incredibly consistent. So, guys, don't get tired of winning. Don't get tired of winning. Don't take it for granted, okay? <laughs> Y'all spoiled. That's mm-hmm. all he's saying. Y'all spoiled. Mm-hmm. All right. You don't a lot of teams don't have the success that the Hawks have. So enjoy it. Okay. Final impressions of, of the division in 2020. Are the Cardinals and Kyler Murray going to be more legitimate of a contender in 2021? I think they are. I really do. I think if Murray stays healthy, I think if a couple things happen for him on defense, you see the potential in this Cardinals team. Unfortunately, they started off five and two. Kyler Murray was in MVP talks. Number one offense in all the land at some point, but then injuries happen. Um, You start to get scouted. You got to adjust when it comes to coaching. Things happen, but I think the Cardinals are going to be a good football team. Will there be another quarterback in San Fran? Will San Fran bounce back? Shanahan is saying he's got his guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be good to go. I saw a scenario on, uh, on Instagram. Be careful where you get your information from, memes and all that stuff. But I saw a scenario where the Niners trade up for that number three, number four pick, and they pick Justin Fields. If they if they pull something like that off, I think Justin Fields would be a good fit there. You get rid of Jimmy. You save some money. That's how you win. You build around a young quarterback. I think that would be a good move for them if that even happens. Everyone's throwing out scenarios right now. I just saw that scenario. It looked pretty fun, so I, I took some time and read it. Um, Saturday's game will definitely show who really owns the West in game three. It will. They split. They're one and one. This is a tiebreaker right here, man. It's it, it means a, a whole lot more. It's winner go home. We know that the Rams are going to come ready to play. We've seen each other for the third time. It's not like teams are just going to change their scheme and mm-hmm. and throw out this a crazy concept that we haven't seen all year. You are who you are at this point. You got to be the team that got you into the playoffs. Will you add wrinkles here and there? Yes, you will. But we all know Cup is going to get those yards after the catch. We know Woods is going to be good on the jet sweeps. Cam Akers is healthy this time around. He's going to get the rock. We know Aaron Donald. You know, it, it is who it is. It's all about who wants it more and who executes at a higher level at this point. Yeah, and the thing about it, too, is like the NFC West titles where it starts, right? And I'm not going to uh, downgrade that at all. That's a huge accomplishment. has been done in, in four years here in Seattle. But if you lose to the Rams on Sunday, that division title, the shine comes completely off it, man, because you lose to a division yes, rival, and then you're going home in the wildcard playoffs. And to do worse than uh, we did last year would be incredibly disappointing. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it's just really time to flex up and show that you, you, you own the West, uh, you own home field, you own Lumen Field, and you're going to go out there and handle business. Bump, let's get into these matchups. Man up. Hey, who is this? Oh! 
Man Up on Hawk Talk. All right, Man Up, we're going to start with the person who's going to be under center for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, is that going to be Jared Goff or is that going to be John Wolford? Uh, Sean McVay has been very noncommittal about the status of Jared Goff. Uh, broke, like I said earlier, he broke his thumb after hitting Vince Mayo's helmet in Week 16. He's popped that thing back into place, got surgery to stabilize it. Um, Wolford got his first NFL start last week against the Cardinals. McVay initially said, hey, this is an injury that's not going to take Goff out for an extended amount of time, but we'll see. That'd be a really quick comeback if he's able to come back this quick. A couple season numbers on Goff. He threw for almost 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks on the season. 51 carries for 99 yards, so he's not going to kill you with his legs, but did have four touchdowns on a couple QB sneaks. Um, two different games um, against Seattle. He threw for over 300 yards the first time. Didn't throw a touchdown, but was a lot more effective. Second game, 24 for 43, no touchdowns, one pick. So I'm feeling confident either way. I think obviously we do know. I mean, say what you want about Jared Goff. He absolutely gives him the best chance to win bump. But don't sleep on John Wolford because he's going to – he's at least going to show up to the table. He's going to be more elusive. Um and he'll still give them a chance to win. But either way, whoever's lining up a quarterback, you need to make them uncomfortable. You need to turn the ball over. And you need to make them one-dimensional. We need both of those guys under pressure. Send them. Send them. We'll see what Jamal Adams looks like. We know he's banged up. He's key into applying pressure. But what I did see last, when Jamal was out last game, the very next play, Ryan Neal is in, and they send him on a blitz. And Ryan Neal, if we remember, he had two games where he had two interceptions, I believe one against Dallas, one against Miami. He's been there. They can plug him in. They probably won't be as aggressive, but they can still get after him. But something tells me Jamal's going to do whatever he has to do to get on that field. Next matchup, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods versus Seattle's secondary. Cup has 92 yards, excuse me, 92 receptions, 972 yards, and just three touchdowns, but 529 yards after the catch. When the ball is in his hands, that dude's special, man. He's got some wiggle. He's got some burst. Um, the first matchup, he had five receptions for 50 yards. The second matchup, he had eight receptions for 66 yards. And they haven't really utilized him to his full potential. And we're saying that in the man has 92 catches and 972 yards. But a guy like him needs to get into the end zone more often. And it seems like as of late, they haven't really been feeding him. So I expect them to highlight him this week. Now, Robert Woods has 90 receptions, 936 yards, six touchdowns. 24 carries for 155 yards and two touchdowns. When you get into that red zone, Robert Woods is their main target. They're going to look at him in jet suites and trying to get him, try to give him the rock in the corners. Um, he's deceptively fast. He ran a 4-5 at the NFL Combine, but you watch him on film, he looks like a 4-3, 4-4 guy. Um, the first matchup, he had five receptions for 33 yards. In the second matchup, he had four receptions for 48 yards. Both guys were kind of held back last game. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get the full dosage of Woods and Cup. And I think going into this game with Walford, what approach are they going to take? You got a young quarterback. You think they're going to hand the ball off to Cam Akers and to Malcolm Brown and Henderson and have them do their thing. But we know how good the Seahawks are against the run. At some point, they're going to have to let this young fella, if he's in, drop back and throw the rock. And he threw a nice pass to Robert Woods last week. A pass he shouldn't have thrown, but because he's young and he has these two guys on the outside who can get it done, he's going to take some chances. If he does take those chances, Hoss got to jump all over him. Yeah, no, for uh, I totally agree with that. I think I think as a young quarterback, he needs to lean on those two because that kind of propels us in the next matchup. Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. So Henderson got hurt against us uh, last uh, in Week 16, 
And Cam Akers last week, man, he got completely shut down, bump. 21 carries for 34 yeah. yards. And as we know, it's definitely not going to be good enough against the Seahawks. Like I mentioned, Daryl Henderson got put on IR for getting hurt against us. And kind of looking at the season numbers, Akers, 145 carries, 625, two tuds. Brown, 101 carries, 419 yards, and five touchdowns. And with the QB has only played one game in the NFL, this is like, I want to say, this, if not number one, number two most important matchup of the afternoon because if you can make these guys one-dimensional and make Walford or Goff have to throw it 40 times, 35 times, whatever it is, it's going to be a long day, and I think it's going to get ugly. I mean, the Seahawks have stopped the run all season long, and, um, yeah, I think they're going to come out with, you know, they run a ton of 12 personnel, a ton of those, and when they do pass the ball out of two-man routes and stuff like that, but... I think they're going to try to come out and run the ball, and I think if the Seahawks can stop it from then on, it could be a long day for those guys. Stop that run, baby. All right, the next matchup, the most important matchup, Russell Wilson versus the Rams defense. For the season, Russell is 384 for 558, 4,212 yards, 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 83 carries, 513 yards, two touchdowns. Now, the first time they linked up down in Cali, around the corner, around from in Inglewood, 22 for 37 he was, 248 yards, no touchdowns, but two interceptions, two crucial interceptions, one fumble. The next matchup, 20 for 32, 225 yards, one touchdown, one rushing touchdown, zero turnovers. When the Hawks win the turnover battle this year, they are 12-0. Pete Carroll will let you know. He mm-hmm. is all about the football, taking care of the football, getting after the football. It all starts with Russell Wilson. Man, I'm going to knock on wood before I say this, but I don't remember any of our running backs fumbling this year. So it's not like that we got issues holding on to the rock when we are are running it. There have been a couple of tip passes come off the receiver's hands that cost him interceptions. But end of the day, it comes down to Russell Wilson taking care of the football. And if that means that he has a game like he had last week where he's super cautious. You know, I watched the film. There were a couple of times where he could have taken some shots. Their DK is open in the NFL open means you got one step or half a step on the defender. Cause guys are there and he's kind of like, no, nah, I'm not going to take that chance right now. I'm just going to check down. I'm going to run the football. If he has that type of game, I'm all good with the calculated risk taking is what I see out of Russell Wilson right now. And I'm okay with that. Just get the W. I don't care what it looks like. Yeah, no. And I'm okay with it too. Cause when you look at the Rams there, we already mentioned that they're the number one defense in the NFL. And they have a lot of top 10 defensive rankings. Points per game, number one. Defensive total yards per game, number one. Net passing yards per game, number one. Sacks, number two. Third down percentage, number three. Rush yards, number three. Red zone, number four. Passing percentage, number five. Tied for 10 and total takeaways with 22. And these Rams defense only allowed eight second-half touchdowns all season. All season. But you know what, Bump? Two of them. Came against the Seahawks in week 16. So <laughs> let's go. Russell's going to have his work cut out for him. As we know, the Rams play the Seahawks so well. Young defensive coordinator Brandon Stanley is having those guys playing some unbelievable football to the point where he's even on a short list of head coaching jobs, which is an unbelievable, crazy rise throughout the coaching rank, considering he's coaching Division three football like six, seven years ago, which is unbelievable there. But, um, no, Russ wow. is going to have to come with it, take care of the football, and we win this game, but bump beyond just the Ram defense. If we just focus on that front line, they got to worry about Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Yeah, talk to him. Yeah, those guys are some special, some special man. Aaron Donald, thirteen and a half sacks, forty-five tackles, nineteen tackles for a loss. His second teammate, well, teammate closest to him, has twelve and a half. 
And he has four first fumbles. You just look at this dude. Man, I'm watching film on this guy, and he'll slant to the right, get beat, spin move, dip and rib, get to the quarterback. He'll bull rush. You go straight up, just go right through, you get to the quarterback. He'll line up at the five technique. That means outside of the tackle. Boom, get to the quarterback. He's versatile. I don't think I've seen him move around um, as much prior to this season. He's typically just, just been that inside technique, that one, that three technique, but they're moving him around. And there are times where they'll put him and Leonard Floyd on the same side and just try to overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. If Shell isn't in this ballgame, I anticipate seeing that look. Now against the Seattle Seahawks in 14 games, Aaron Donald, 13 sacks, 31 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, 36 QB hits, two passes defended, and two forced fumbles. But here's the good part. In 2020, he only has one sack, one tackle, and one tackle for loss, and that was all in the same play. I don't expect him to duplicate that performance. He's Aaron Donald. He's a bad man. But this offensive line can walk into this game at least confident, saying, look, he tore the league up. He ain't been doing none of us. Mm-hmm. I know what he did to y'all, but <laughs> this Seahawks offensive line has handled him pretty well. Well, the thing about it, too, is, um, yes, we've could, we've kept him from wrecking games because in his tenure, he has absolutely just destroyed offensive game plans and ruined games. He's still effective. He still has to cause so much attention. And real quick, I know Ray Roberts has talked about this a lot. Something the Seahawks offensive line has struggled with is when guys just run games with us, when they run those TE stunts. And we're having trouble stopping that. And Ray pointed it out on on Sunday. A lot of times the guard, too much penetration happens from the guard. And then it's too late to pass it off. So our our tackles are just too late. Too much pressure inside. So you lean inside. And when they loop around, it just can't get there in time. So that's something that we haven't been able to stop. And they're definitely going to need to work with. Because, man, Leonard Floyd, he has five sacks. 15 tackles and seven QB hits against us this year. A lot of that's because Aaron Donald, what they're doing up front. So if you can somehow find a way to slow these guys down, the Seahawks have a good chance on offense. Objective number one, slow down Aaron (laughs) Donald and Mr. Floyd. Okay, the next matchup, we got Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, and Rashad Penny versus the Rams front seven. Now, none of these guys played in that first matchup. Nobody played. I think Alex Collins was the leading rusher for the team at that running back position. Um, so you're going to get a dose of what it could, what life is really like when you have all your horses in the backfield. We saw Rashad Penny last week get some touches. Um, Chris Carson looks like he is back. They Now, Carlos Hyde, Rashad Penny, and Carson, they haven't wowed you with a performance this year, right? It's not like we've seen them and been like, man, that was a great game, over 100 yards. No, but they've wowed you in moments. Penny, not not so much yet. He only has like 10 carries for the season. But they've shown that they can keep the chains moving and they can have big plays. I believe Carlos Hyde has the biggest rushing play from the line of scrimmage this year for us. Um, That was a couple weeks ago. Uh, Chris Carson is just steady. He's going to get you 60, 70 yards, 20, 30 yards in the pass game. He's going to have one or two big plays. And I'm okay with that. As long as all three are contributing, I think they will be fine and they have to contribute this week. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I think in the second game, uh, Carson had 16 carries, 69 yards, three receptions or 10 yards. So while he wasn't, like you said, overwhelmingly, he's been kind of getting around that 70 to 80 yards per game where we need him to get some of those tough yards. And let's not be afraid to go to him, man, because a lot of times those runs are there, those those cutbacks are there for Chris. So I would love to see him get closer to that 20-carry mark just to see him kind of try to wear down this really good Rams defense. But, bum, man, that final matchup, Mr. DK Metcalf, as Ray Roberts would say, <laughs> versus Jalen Ramsey. So the first matchup went to Jalen. Metcalf only had two receptions, 28 yards, four targets. All came in the second half. 
Last time, DK was way more effective. Six catches, 59 yards, and a huge third down conversion where he ran through somebody's face, setting up Hollister's game-stealing touchdown. Now, Bump, it's kind of unfair to say DK versus Jalen, right, just because of how much zone the Rams yeah. played. Yeah, they played zone all day. I, I probably saw man the last time the Hawks played maybe two or three times. And the Hawks do a good job of getting matchups. They'll, they'll line up DK. Wherever DK starts off in the formation, Jalen will be standing over him. But what the Hawks have done, they'll motion him to the right side. They'll move him to the slot. And Jalen's just going to stay where he is. Like, All right, look, I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to chase you. This is a zone concept. And I'm not mad at that because they're trying to get DK mashed up on safeties and outside backers and maybe a small nickel. They're trying to I – don't, I don't think they're running away from Jalen Ramsey, but it's like, look, man, if we don't have to – have that matchup every single down. Why do it? Now, there are times where you just line them up and you got to go. And I think when those moments present itself, I think DK will be ready. They both know this is the third time they're meeting. They both know everyone's talking about this. Mm-hmm. Jalen is a lockdown corner, man. The things he did to Hopkins last week, I mean, it was it was impressive. I, I've seen him do it to other receivers, but when you can stay on Hopkins' hip, when you're going downfield, when he's running quick games, this lets you know how versatile this guy is. He's not going to pick the ball off. That's not what he does. Yep. He's going to be in your hip. He's going to get a pass breakup. He's going to make the big hit. That's his game. So this is going to be a fun matchup to watch when they do line up over each other. Now, I, I think the Hawks are going to have the same game plan. They're going to move DK around and get him the ball in space. No no need to be machismo and say, mm-hmm. we got the best receiver. We're going to hey, – I get that. DK's dope. Pro Bowl. Franchise leader when it comes to yards in the season. I get it, but get this man the ball all over the field. Yeah, no question about it. I think between him and we saw what we saw from Tyler Lockett last week, I think those two guys are going to be really crucial and the, make the Rams pick their poison. What are you going to take away? If you're going to put more you know, onus in the zone that DK is running through, then find Tyler Lockett. Get him the rock, I think. Um, but I will say this time I feel like one of those guys is going to have a huge game. One of those guys is going to, this week, is going to have closer to the 10 receptions around 100 yards and hopefully at least one to two touchdowns. But, Bump, we got to figure out how do we get this done in the third matchup, Path to Victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a Path to Victory on Hawk Talk. First things first, Meg Walford, if he plays, look like a guy who's only played one game in the NFL. He cannot come out there and have the greatest game of his life. He can't go out there and post game talk about, I dreamed of this as a kid. We don't want that speech. Nah, we want him to bow out respectfully, go sit on the sideline, pack your bags, try to make the ball club next year. He needs to look like a young guy. Now, Jared Goff plays, we we know what you got to do. Send him. Blitz him. He's going to turn the ball over. I feel like he's been stuck at 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions for like four weeks now. I look up his stats, and the stat line looks the same when it comes <laughs> yeah. to that department. So make him who he is. And if he does play and he is banged up, I'm not saying be dirty, but I wouldn't mind some extracurricular activity. Man, make sure you get those QB hits. Let him know that it's going to be a rough day at Lumenfield. Yeah, no question about it. And just kind of build off that if Wolford starts, man. Wolford, it's a great story, man. He's a four-year starter at Wake Forest, had a bunch of stats, goes undrafted. Uh, the Jets call him. He literally was about to take a job with some private equity firm. And then three days later, the Jets call him. He decides to go back to the Jets. He's there for 10 days, goes to the AAF, plays for Arizona Hot Shots, then comes back to the Rams practice squad, 
then all of a sudden makes some club this year, is, is Goss backup, wins a Week 17 game to get you in the postseason. It's all great. Anything's possible except good. for Sunday. I don't want to hear about how good of a story <laughs> it is on Sunday. It's a great story. We nah. can write our articles, but on Sunday I want to be hearing about the Seahawks defense dominated again, and it starts with making those two uncomfortable. And then, man, stop the run. Stop the run. If you stop the run and you put the onus on those two, it's going to be a long day uh, because, I mean – Especially up here, the Seahawks have won 10 straight playoff games at Lumen Field. I know the fans won't be there, but there's a comfortability, there's a swagger, there's a confidence. So stop the run and protect Russ. Protect Russell Wilson, Bump. You got to protect the franchise quarterback, the, the guy who gets this thing going, the protector, the leader, Russell Wilson. Keep that jersey clean. I know they play on uh, field turf these days. You know, back in the day, my day, we played on grass, baby. That's, that jersey got dirty. Keep Russell's jersey clean and win the turnover battle take care of the football russell throw for your touchdowns i don't care if you throw for one rush for two i don't care just keep the rock in the offense's hands and then i want to get a big ups to to jason myers myers taking all those field goals baby we can't miss any extra points this week baby all right every time we got a chance i don't care if it's a half point all right we need that half point Yes, got you, Jason Myers. Hadn't missed a field goal all year. Let's get all the points that we can. Reminder, guys, you can hear us everywhere on Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more, and Cairo Radio on 710 ESPN Seattle is your home for the Seattle Seahawks. Don't miss the Pete Carroll Show on 710 ESPN Seattle at 930 when he joins Danny, Gallant, and Michael Bumpus the morning after every Seahawks game. Bump, postseason, it's a new season, winner go home. Come on, Seahawks. We need this. I want to be having a podcast talking about the divisional playoffs next week. Let's go. It's playoff time. The Hawks play the Rams for the third time this season. Let's hope they get this thing done at Lumen Field. This is Hawk Talk Preview Edition. I'm Michael Bumpus along with NASA Chobie. We will holler at y'all soon. <laughs>